Well, hey, we got a special treat today. Uh, some family is in town, really. And, uh, and uh, so Dixon and Teresa and Noah Slater are all here. <laughs> Their uh, Trinity is not with them. Um, they can tell you details if they feel like it, but she is studying somewhere else in the world, and that's exciting. They're, they're so proud of her. And um, anyway, but these are just great friends of ours, and uh, as you know, they're great friends of this house. So you guys had them here for, for quite some time, and, um, but I, I, met, I met this family back in 2001. And uh, yep, we did uh, school of ministry together, home group camping, everything, life. And, um, and it's just so cool to see over the years um, people that just continue to look to the Lord. I, you know, I mean, this really is what makes the difference. I think when you, when you look at people's life for the long haul, it's people that just continue to look to the Lord and say, God, I... I want what you want and we're available and they continue to do this and and they just stay. They just stay in and it's a lifestyle for them. They're kingdom people. And what they've been doing lately is, uh, as you know, we've been supporting them as missionaries at the Kona base. They've, they've been leadership at YWAM, uh, helping to create a whole new aspect of the fire and fragrance branch of YWAM, which sounds like a branch that I could really relate to. <laughs> I'm like, that's just a good name. I'm in. But, um, and, uh, but hey, without further ado, I thought they are in the midst of a new season and um, they're here today. And I wanted us to be able to hear from them. And so I've said, just come, release what's on your heart, share with us the, the uh, treasures that you're carrying. And um, so can we just welcome them with lots of love as they come? Noah's an intercessor and a prayer warrior, and we're going to ask him to pray for us before we share. God, God bless this family. God, we love you. We are your thoughts and doubts. We believe in you, and we love you. We are a our hearts. Our whole name. Yes. Amen. I'm going to start with scripture because it's my favorite because it's God. God's heart poured out for us. So, Ephesians 1, 6. Now all praise to God for his wonderful kindness to us. In his favor that he has poured out upon us because we belong to his body. Hold on. Because we long to, belong to his dearly loved son. So overflowing is, is his kindness toward us that he took away all our sins through the blood of his son by whom we are saved. And he has showered down upon us the richness of his grace. For how well he understands us and knows what is best for us at all times. That's Ephesians 1, 6 through 8. It's pretty amazing. Um, I wanted to share with you all what's on my heart to do is to honor everyone in this body who has been a part of us going to Kona. And um, also a part of us coming back. And it's in my heart to do that because we couldn't have done it alone. There's no way we could have done this alone. And we, we gave our hearts to God in somewhere around 2001 when we first got to Bethel. We said, God, we want to hear from you and we want to follow your lead. And we trust you. We're going to trust you with our lives. 
and that's costly sometimes, uh, but mostly, I mean, it's, it's completely a blessing, but it's costly in the attachments we have in this world, right? So we needed all the help we could get to do what we were called to do to go to Kona. And uh, I just want to acknowledge a few people. First of all, Cameron, unusually for him, he said, got a prophetic word for us. You guys are supposed to go to Kona, maybe like for six to nine months or something, something like that. He, he got that, and that's not, wasn't his necessarily normal. And that was after Dixon had felt, after the building trip to YWAM there, that maybe we were going to go back. I was the last one to come along, and I was like, I'm going to have to hear from God. You guys, that's great for you, but it's going to cost $30,000 for all three of us to do a DTS, so I need to hear from God. Not only that, but I have to leave everybody I love to go some foreign place. It's not the easiest thing. So when I sought God and, and uh, he just said, I want to put you in Kona and you're going to need me like, like a child needs her father. And he also said, and humility is really important, that you guys go in humility, which was the reason we were asked to be on staff there. So we just followed his lead, and that got us an invitation to serve as leaders there. Um, So we follow the word of God, not just what we read in the Bible, but what he says to us day to day when we spend time with him. Both of those ways of him sharing our treasure to me. I I consider it pure gold. Without that, I don't know where I'd be. So I want to thank you, Cameron, for giving us that word and being brave about it. Yeah. And for also being um, obedient to God about serving a couple different times uh, to help build in YWAM. Coming to see us again there, and we got to hang out with you. I want to thank everyone who, uh, there were some donations to us that allowed us to get through about a year without even thinking about finances. Can you imagine being a missionary who didn't even have to think about finances for an entire year? There was plenty of other things that were changes. There were plenty of other things that we're, we were in a steep learning curve about what is YWAM and what culture do they have and all that. To not have to think about finances was an incredible blessing. And um, that was a combination of things from people. We also were, were uh, allowed to be out of debt before we left by another donor. He said, do you want to use this for your monthly costs or would you rather be out of debt? And we said, out of debt. And he said, then promise me you'll never go into debt again. He said, I want you to be accountable to me about that. So that was pretty cool for us. He himself had been in debt, and he knew how easy it was to do. So he wanted to be a a supporter in a different way. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And that kept us out of debt. We went into debt for a very brief time, but I knew we promised him we had to get out. And that was when uh, I actually went to work in Kona for a while to support us staying there until Dixon finished his commitment with Crossroads DTS. I worked as a tutor in a grammar school for a while. So, um, yeah, we, we just, to me, God's word is God's heart for us. It's, a, it's leading us into where he wants us. So I know that many of you were led by God to support us in different ways. Some people have written to us. Many people have prayed for us. People have given us a place to stay before we left without cost so that we could save the money for the DTS and for living in overseas. Uh, friends now are giving us their house. Uh, we're house-sitting, and it's like a sanctuary for us to be in. We've just holed up there for a while because we're kind of overwhelmed, you know. We just needed a place to land. It's really precious to us. So I know your prayers have gone out. My prayers have also gone out to you all. They always have. I prayed my, I used to spend a lot of time on the floor back there praying for Mountain Chapel, praying for this family. And this is our sending church and, and our, one of our smaller, more intimate families of God. We, we got to have some of that also at YWAM. Um, wherever we go, we get to meet more of the family of God. But you all were our sending church, and that's really special. Helped us stay there financially in many other ways. So I want to just thank you. Even the time I think Dixon came and taught here, Noah and I weren't here. We were in a bit of a desperate place, and um, people just threw in, and we were able to stay longer. 
So that first year I told you we didn't worry about finances, after that it was different. After that we didn't quite know how it was going how we would make month to month, but we did. Barely, but we did. So we and then um, Dixon wanted me to share how come how did we end up here again? Um, the same way we ended up at YWAM in the first place from our time spent intimately with the Lord and hearing his voice and hearing his lead. He was impressing upon me first before Dixon an urgency to leave Kona and to come back here and stay. Dixon was thinking we were coming for a visit. And I felt, no, we're going back to stay, but I don't understand it fully. I just felt that from the Lord. Uh, And then somewhere in all that, I was doing research. Noah turns 18 in... um, 18 in November this year, and he will then become a legal adult, and it's always been recommended to us that we get conservatorship of Noah when he turns 18 to provide for him in the best possible way, and I found out that doesn't go state to state. So if we started that in Hawaii, which is a long legal process, very expensive, we would have to then start over again when we landed here, which I knew we eventually would because I'm from California. So um, that was one of the things. I think God's taking care of our family by bringing us back here. Okay, and God speaks to me all the time through family is, I've given you your kids, I've given you your husband. Those are the most important people should be in your life. And um, I feel like he took care of our little family rather than the larger ministry thing, bringing us back here, even though we'll always be doing whatever he asks us to, um, to serve him. So that's how we got back here. Dixon's only known for a little while, and I've known for longer. <laughs> but I need longer time to, to. I need a much longer time to transition. I don't uproot well and replant that easily. So, yeah, God knows that. Um, so I probably haven't thought of everything to be thankful for, but that's just what my heart's overflowing with. Is how you all were a part of us being there. Your encouragement, your words, your hugs, your um, just the time we spent with you before we left. The time I know that God's brought you to our hearts and you've prayed. Um, all of that contributes to us having been able to stay and serve at YWAM for two years on staff, and to be a part of. Many, many, many young people uh, going to the nations. And I have had many words about being a mother to the nations. What does that really mean anyway? But to me, the way God uses me for that is I meet with people um, individually. I remove, help them remove barriers, which are lies they're believing, so that they can walk in the destiny God has for them. And I do that one-on-one in a deep way with people. So there's not a mass amount of people, but um, but I've seen people be able to walk in their identity in God in a way that they couldn't before, and then things change. Things happen. People get married when they haven't been able to find a partner. They have children when they haven't been able to. All kinds of things happen due to, due to removing lies uh, because God highlights what, are the, what the person's believing and what he'd rather have them believe, and they make a choice. And he shows them what it's costing them to believe those lies. And it's amazing. So if someone sees the cost, they're like, nope, don't want it. I thought it was true. But if it's costing me that, I want it no more. So anyway, I want to introduce, not introduce. I don't have to introduce them. But I want to say Dixon was uh, amazing. So where I go one-on-one with people, Dixon's great leading and championing groups of people. And the direction God is taking them. And he got many, many uh, compliments on his teaching and his fathering. That's always happening, that he's such an amazing father. But um, that it, he's also an amazing teacher. And I'm just so excited that he's going to share now. And a storyteller. He's a good storyteller, too. All right. This is, is this new or painted? It looks new. Painted, dang. I was wrong. Looks new.
I leave my pen under there, it'll stay there. It's, it's currently my favorite pen. I've come to realize that these are my favorite style of pens. I have some really fancy ones that I don't like. So fun to be here. I want to make sure to say this very succinctly, very briefly, in case anyone is still wondering. Um, we have transitioned back to California. Yay. All right. So I realized it was wrapped up in what Teresa was saying and, and Brandon hinted at it a little bit, but I can miss hints really easily. And just in case there's anybody else here like me <laughs> who likes things very plainly spoken, we are transitioning back here to California. Yes. Yay. Um, thank you very much. What I want to do this morning is to weave together some of the stories of what we've been involved with in YWAM, in, in Kona, and also um, talk a little bit about faith. Now, I see some faces out here that are very familiar to me. And I also see some faces that are new to me. So I'm going to cover my bases just a little bit here at the beginning. You know, Brandon mentioned that, that we first met in 2001. And uh, we just did life together as families. Uh, we have kids that are similar ages, and our kids just did life together. Uh, we, we went camping. I, I think the last time I was here, last August, I, I shared that our daughter Trinity, who's 20, who's currently nine time zones away. Yes, nine time zones away. She, and she's in Germany um, getting ready. Well, she's a little over halfway through a semester abroad. So she'll finish at the end of next month. Um, she, uh, she said, I want to go to the coast and go camping. Um, she's largely studying at Southern Oregon University and is on this exchange program. So we went up the coast with what Trini's memories of the coast camping all came from when we camped together there with the Rice family. So, but, my, you know, our history with Mountain Chapel actually goes back a little bit further than that. You see, in 1999, in the fall, we moved to Weaverville. It was a great idea. Um, Teresa was working for the county part time. I had a massage therapy practice in the post office building. Um, and, uh, and we actually, I was, I was just taking Brandon on a run on the trails the other day. Our first home was the East Weaver campground while well, we were looking for, you know, rentals can be hard to find here, right? Well, we landed, this is before the internet. Like, how do you find a rental if you're not in, in the town? So we were actually camping there while we were finding a rental. Anyway. Long story short, uh, this is where I got saved in 2000. Now, if you're relatively new here, this building did not exist in 2000. This building was not occupied until, what was it, November of 2001? Yeah, I think it was November of 2001. I remember Danny Silk complaining that he left three months before they moved in. Anyway, we have spent the last two years... Training missionaries at the Youth with a Mission Base in Kona, Hawaii. And as uh, Brandon mentioned, there's this branch of, of YWAM, as it's called. If you're not familiar with YWAM, it's one of the largest missionary sending organizations in the world. There, there are anywhere between 18 and 20,000 full-time YWAM missionaries. To put that into context... In the entire wor world, all Christian faiths, so every denomination, non-denomination, sending organization, there are roughly 400,000 Christian missionaries in all the world. So YOM is close to 5%. Yep. Here's what YWAM does really, really well. 
just like freely hand out power. Like, oh, you, you've got this idea. You love Jesus. Awesome. Go. Have a great time. And we send people all over the world. And we got the pleasure of doing that. But we also got the pleasure of preparing people for what it would be like to be long term. What it's going to be like to go from it is youth with a mission. So the first group we were training, when I say youth, don't don't picture me. I know some of you look at me and say you're young. Now, some of you look at me and say, oh, my gosh, he's old. You know, but uh, but some of you look at me and like, oh, he's young. Don't don't picture me like 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 think high school, you know, basically 18 to 20. That's why I'm. Well, we got to walk alongside these 18 to 20 year olds who love God passionately, but are still figuring life out. You know, and, and then on top of figuring life out, they're doing that in the context of of being a, a missionary. Um, of having to raise support without working a regular job. Of, of getting to figure out, well, how do I navigate? I love God, but, but she's really cute. You know, um, like, I, I love God, but my parents say university. Um, you know, I, I love God, and, and I think he's saying Nepal. But is that, like, is that a city? You know? Um, just really, really a privilege to walk with these young folks. And that was our first year in Youth with a Mission. And for those of y'all who were here last year when I came to visit, um, that was, uh, I shared, we were transitioning out of that and into another branch of training. So for the last roughly year or so, I have been helping to lead the crossroads Discipleship Training School at YWAM. And when you hear Discipleship Training School, this is the entry-level training for youth with a mission. We get people who are thinking about being missionaries. We get people who are planning on being missionaries. And we get people who are like, I love God. I don't know what to do with my life. I think I'm going to YWAM. Um, In the Crossroads DTS, this is for everybody who is not in that 18 to 20-year-old typical age range. Uh, we say we go from 25 and up. Uh, our average range, the two schools that I led, was you know average age would be close to my age. Um, we had folks in their mid 70s, and we had a few. We had this one girl, super sweet girl, she's 22, and we're like, ah, we're probably not supposed to take her, but we feel like we're supposed to take her. So this 22-year-old just graduated college came in, and she, it was perfect. Um, She was just, like, right at home with the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70-year-olds. Anyway, long story short, we've been running trainings for those two years. I'd like to take a minute and... And just read some comments from our most uh, from the students that graduated this winter. The way a discipleship training school works is people come for three months. And we have what we call the lecture phase. This this is what goes on in Kona. We're actually doing five days a week. We're doing trainings. We're doing outreach. We're doing all sorts of other things. But for about... You know, 15 hours a week, they're in a classroom and we're training. And here is what some of the people said. This is a 76-year-old. God has changed my life completely. He's retired, I'm a widower. I'll never be the same. He has promised me a new beginning. This is the beginning. And this is from a, a, a 40-year-old um, career, worked in the trades. Uh, I came here with certain expectations, came with his young children, three young children. I hadn't heard much about YWAM, and what I did here seemed crazy and comical. The Lord very plainly spoke to us to come here, 
It's taken every expectation that I ever had and thrown it out the window. God's like, oh, you thought this? No, I have so much more. It's been amazing seeing his more. And here's one of those, uh, one of our younger students, 25 year old uh, from Europe. Who. uh, Just, you know, when 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 she arrived, just, you know, looked looked like this first sentence sounds before I came here, I thought that I had it all together. She arrived and she looked like she had it all together. You know, I realized since coming here that I struggle a lot with my identity and self-worth and a lot of rejection. Recently, I've been feeling in my heart, God, I really need to experience you as a father. I need to experience your love as a father. I think that's what cures all the problems that I'm having. I've experienced the love of God before, and I've understood the cross being blown away by what Jesus did, I thought, what am I missing? I had my own personal revelation recently. Jesus came to demonstrate the Father's love. That's what it always comes back to. I can look at the cross and I can understand how my Father sees me. It's what fills my identity and lack of self-worth and need for love. It always comes back to that practical demonstration. Part of the process for me was seeing the fathers in this room. You know, Teresa told you a little bit of our of our story. Um, that first year, not having to um, not having to worry at all um, about uh, how we were being supported financially was incredibly freeing. Um, having to sell our car um, because we could no longer afford to own a car, um, and Noah getting strong by uh, walking with us three miles to school. Um, That was remarkably faith building. Not not knowing how it's going to work out. Is remarkably faith building. With 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 one piece added. I have loved strategy my whole life. I've actually, over the last several years, I've been a strategic consultant um, for a couple of different ministries. And I love it. I love to dream. I love to imagine. I love to extrapolate. You know, so, you know, this is all we can see. Well, what is it going to look like out in the future? But I've realized that faith looks like praying a lot more. And planning a lot less. Now, some of you will come up to me. Some of you have already come up and, you know, and and we've spoken this morning and you've asked. So, like, you know, you're back. What are you doing? And you'll hear us say, that's a great question. Um, Like, you know, so you're back. Where are you living? That's a great question. You know, you know, so you're back. Where are you working? That's a great question. Teresa, for maybe four or five months now, was absolutely clear. She was hearing from the Lord. It was, you know, this summer it was going to be time for us to come back to California. Um, If I'm really honest, I was convinced that she was just missing her family when she first started sharing it. Um, I, you know, I loved what we were getting to do in YWAM. And... I was really excited. Like, I just love pouring into people's lives. I love when people take that time out of their life and they set it aside and they're like, I'm going after God. Don't know what it looks like, but it's going to be awesome, I hope. I don't know if you've ever met those people. 
ever seen those people. But if you've, if you've been around the challenge course and we have the school ministry students up, there's a whole bunch of them just like that. You know, they're like, I love Jesus. Oh, gosh, what am I going to do next week? You know, I just love those moments. And it took me a while to, to come around um, to see that returning to California can be a step of faith. To be really honest, like, I, okay, just for, humor me for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. Please close your eyes. And, and I want you to pick, picture what you would consider to be a really, somewhere really outlandish or wild or far away in the world. Whatever that place is for you. Now I want you to imagine that God, all of a sudden, you, really, you were really clear he was asking you to go be a missionary in that place. Asking you to go live there. You can open your eyes now. I can pretty much guarantee you that the level of faith it would take for you to make that journey, to, to go wherever that place is you pictured, to live there, like, I'm going to be a missionary here, I'm going to spread the gospel, you know, we're going to love people exactly the way God loves them right in that place you pictured. The level of faith that would take... That's probably about how much faith it takes for me to come back to California. Like most of the places you pictured, like if you shared it with me, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, please send me there. Oh, Lord. You know, I, I love the go. I, I love being out. Like, did anybody picture a desert? Yeah, we got a couple, a couple of deserts. Was it, where was the desert? Sahara. Mongolia, the Gobi Desert. Nice. Um, did anybody picture a jungle? Oh, where was the jungle? Amazon. I saw someone over here. Yeah. Thailand. Oh, nice. Total jungle. Yes. Ireland. Oh, nice. Those like I'm like, oh, sign me up. I love new. You know, I love I love all of that. Um Someone was mentioning this morning how, you know, change can be hard for people. I just missed that gene. Like, like whatever, wherever, wherever that was handed out in, like, childhood or, you know, birth or what, I just missed that one. Like, sweet, sign me up. Um, that's one of the things I love about you, Cameron. Quick changes. Hebrews 11. Yeah. It would be hard to, uh, to talk about faith without mentioning this. I'm going to read you the way the translators of my Bible say in the side note that it actually is read. It's not what they wrote in the verse, but they put a side note and said, you know, you know, the, you know, here they offered alternate translations. Now, faith is the substance of things expected. The evidence of things not seen. And that's where we are right now for Teresa and Noah and I. We're looking for the evidence of things not seen. And we're living in the substance of things expected. There's no one action that you or I could describe or point to. I had you picture a place and and said, imagine being a missionary there just because it gives us a context. But the reality is becoming a missionary doesn't take any more faith than becoming a parent 
or starting a business or taking, you know, you know, leading a career. There's no one action or activity that any of us could point to and say that takes more faith than this. Faith is really simple. I tune in the best that I'm able. Like we're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm looking to hear from you. We say hear, but it's not always words. Sometimes it's what I'm reading in Scripture. Sometimes it's seeing. Sometimes it's feeling. It's that small, quiet voice. But I'm just looking to hear, what is God sharing? What's God saying? What's he doing? And then the second step of a two-step program is to obey. It seems like somehow a lot of us were raised with this idea that that gosh, if I if I go to the Gobi Desert, if I go to the Sahara and I like and I sit in the sand and I get sand in my teeth and sand in my nose and sand in my ears. But I'm like, I'm loving the Bedouins. I'm loving, you know, the people passing through the sand like somehow that I'm much more faithful. Than the person with the. Three bedroom home and the two and a half, you know, car garage. Well, you know, the average family, American family. You know, um, you have 2.4 kids and a dog. Yeah, the 2.4 children and a dog. Like somehow, you know, going out to the desert is somehow supposed like we just got this idea that that's more faithful. But it's not because that would be a sacrifice for most of us to go live in the desert. But sacrifice is not the primary thing that God's looking for. The primary thing that God's looking for is obedience. But if I try to obey what God's saying to you, that's going to be a bummer for me. You know, if I try to obey what God's saying to Garrett, it's going to be a bummer for me. Because that's not what God's saying to me. And that is what we were doing in YWAM, is training people how to hear God. Be connected with him, regardless of what he's saying, and then simply say yes. In the momentary things and in the life changing things, in those day to day choices, God, I'm going to the grocery store. OK, do I like, you know, is there anybody you have for me to meet there? Great. But also, like for us right now, Lord, we're going to California. What does it look like? I'll be honest with you. I, I, I really don't like not knowing. I, uh, I, w- I wish I, I so wish that I had good answers to give you. Like if you ask the questions, where are you living? <laughs> what are you going to do? All those. I so wish I had good questions, good, good answers for you. But I've learned to be obedient before I understand. And that's probably worth mentioning as a third step of faith. I'm going to pay attention to what God is communicating, however he's communicating. I'm going to be actively listening, seeking out. I'm going to say yes to whatever it is. I'm going to do all of that before I understand it. One thing that we saw 
regularly in the young and the not-so-young that we were working with, that we were training, is when people first came, they were looking to God to give them answers. And their questions were different for each individual. Um, Some of them, especially those of us who have some years of of life under our belt, they'd had painful experiences. They'd lost children or they'd lost parents or they'd lost jobs. They'd had painful experiences. And their question for some of them was like, why, like, 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 why, God? They're looking for an answer to why to understand something. You know, and some in both the older and the younger, you know, they were looking for God of like, okay, like, what is it, God? What what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to like want us to be part of? Where is it you want us to go? One of the things that we did in our trainings. Was help people understand that God doesn't have answers for us for all of those questions. God is the answer to all of those questions. So I go looking to God for understanding of why or or information of what or where. What God is longing for is to sit with us and to be with us while we ask those questions and find our answer in his presence and in being with him. That's where we are right now. We're being with him. Praise God that Tim and Anna are uh, on vacation. Because their house was available. Perfect timing. Not sure what happens after July 9th when they get home. But you know what? God has never once failed us. He has consistently surprised us and blessed us beyond we could ever imagine. All right. In a minute, Teresa's going to come up. And and share a uh, share a scripture with us. But before she does, as a you know, as as someone who's been leading schools and trainings, I I just can't end without doing this. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes one more time. And this time, it's not going to be imagined something that I describe, but I'm going to invite you to ask a question. And after we ask the question, we'll invite Holy Spirit to come and share an answer with you. I've talked about what God's invited us into is to be back here in California. I want to invite you to ask God, what is he inviting you into? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. And share God's heart with each of us.
right. Well, that was step one. You know the next two steps. I just want to, again, I'm going to end by covering my bases here. Um, Some folks in this room, I know you got something from God just now that sounded very much like confirmation of things you already know, things you're already involved in, and that is awesome. Um, and, And it would be hard for me to imagine a room this size where where some folks, you spent the time with God and you didn't hear anything clearly yet. And that's awesome. It's totally fine. I'm also convinced that there are at least one or two folks here that you heard something that caught you by surprise. Um, Something new and something that may sound radical to you, may sound like a big shift. I'm kind of purposely looking back and forth really fast so I don't stare at any one person and you don't think that I know who you are because I don't know who you are. I just I was praying before we started this and I felt really clearly. There's going to be, you know, at least one or two people here. You're going to hear something um, that that's potentially life shifting. And wherever you are in that in those in that spectrum of of you know didn't hear anything to like oh my gosh you know I'm like ah, ah, ah yeah you know I just want to invite you. This is a this is just this is a step on a journey. It's not like you know it's not the end or the beginning of something. It's just a step on a journey. If you have questions, come to the team. Come to us. You know, come to somebody. You know, if you heard something, um, I invite you to share it with you. Or you got something from God, even if it was a confirmation, what you're already involved in. I invite you to share it with uh, somebody who's close to you, like somebody you know and you trust. Um, it's a great way to help make it more real in your life. Just a simple, practical step. All right. Are you ready? First of all, in an exercise similar to this, um, what's the next step God's asking you to take in order to bless you? God said, quit your job. I was working at behavioral health, and that seemed like an extreme thing to hear from God because I was was like, God, how am I going to? That's our income right now. Um, But anyway, that was a a pre-step to go into YWAM. I didn't know it when I obeyed. And first I argued with him, not argued, I just said, how about if I just work half-time, God? He goes, if you want half the blessing. I'm like, nope, I want the full blessing. So, you know, it can be, it can be kind of wild and crazy what he says, right? It can seem that way. But he knows what he's doing. Um, and I want to say a little uh, testimony about that car that we had to sell so we could live one more month at YWAM. What month was that in? Second year sometime. January of 218. So we had to sell the car to have another month of income. But we were watching a movie. Has anyone ever seen um, Pay It Forward? So we were watching that movie, and we were just at the end in the credits. Someone calls us. Hey, I would like to give you my car. I'm not kidding you. We're watching that movie, and someone pays forward their car to us. I was just, like, weeping because it was so weird and awesome, you know? Seriously, we got, a, we got a car from someone who someone else had done the same for him because he knew that we were struggling. And he said, I want to bless you with this. Anyway, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so that's the kind of things you get to see when you walk in faith, right? Um, So I'm going to read to you one of my very favorite scriptures. My very favorite. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father of all of the great family of God, some of them already in heaven and some down here on earth, that out of his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you the mighty inner strengthening of his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts. Living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep 
into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand, as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last you will be filled up with God himself. Now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. May he be given glory forever and ever through endless ages because of his master plan of salvation for the church through Jesus Christ. That's my blessing for you all.